You're listening to episode 162 of the Voice in Canada podcast. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. And let's talk voice. Hello there. Welcome to this week's episode of the Voice in Canada podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, if you've been listening to some of our previous podcasts, then you know that I've been doing a series of recordings of the Voice Fluencer Show. And the Voice Fluencer Show is an opportunity for me to interview the voice fluencers that come on the special event, The Voice Den. And by the way, the next one is going to be April 21st uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific. It's a special one. It's our 12th one. So it's the season finale. And there is something very, very new and very exciting that I'm going to be uh, sharing with you. So put away an extra hour for that one because we have a special brand new experience for the after party, which will take place at six o'clock. Anyway, enough about that. Today's guest is Roger Kibbe, who is the Senior Developer Evangelist for Samsung Bixby. He's one of the nicest guys in the entire voice industry, so generous with his knowledge, and I've had the chance to uh, interact with him a number of times now in various settings, either at conferences, when we could go to conferences, or through podcasts, and uh, he just really is a real gem to the community. So I'm so thrilled to be able to uh, interview him here and have you listen in and hear about all the exciting things and uh, his perspectives on where voice is going. So without any further ado, let's get right to that. I am here with my uh, guest co-host, Ian Utili, and uh, this is a recording of a previous episode of The Voice Fluencer Show. First of all, Roger, can I get you to introduce yourself to uh, to the viewers? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am a uh, developer evangelist for Bixby, so Samsung's AI, conversational AI assistant. And so what does that mean, uh, an evangelist? It means I go out and I talk to lots of people. I talk to developers, designers, companies, really about, hey, how can you build something uh, interesting uh, using voice or conversational AI? And then how can I help you build that on Bixby? Um, and so lots of talking, building some tutorials, uh, you know, working with the internal team to kind of uh, internally evangelize, hey, here's what the outside world is saying. Let me put my, you know, put a little uh, finger on the scale for this feature, this functionality. Um, and I really love it because it's really a combination of, you know, I'm a technology geek at heart, but I'm also an extrovert. So I'm that strange combination. So uh, I, get to, I get to talk and, and be techie at the same time. That's that's fantastic. It's a it's a perfect fit. Sounds like for you. So yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's it's funny. I've been so oh, been in voice throughout three years. Did a voice startup before that. Uh, did some voice consulting, but and then I worked uh, in omni-channel technology strategy for a long time for Gapig for many years before that, and did e-commerce consulting. So I had this big e-commerce background. But one of the things that always I was always trying to do is I was I want to find the technology that helps people get something done and then gets out of the way, hmm. right? So, um, which is kind of the crux, right? I want you to go buy something in my store or buy something online, but I don't, technology, I'm not trying to sell technology, I'm trying to sell our product. And one of the things that I realized when I saw a voice or heard voice, maybe a better way to say it, <laughs> uh, is that, uh, man, this is the best technology I've seen to date that lets you get something done and then get out of the way. 
and so magical to me that I kind of left my big corporate job to go pursue this dream of a startup, which didn't all work out, but uh, it led me to a, to a career in the voice industry, and I'm thrilled to be here. Amazing, amazing. Ian, let's bring you in here. What uh, what questions, what thoughts do you have, uh, stuff that you can share about Roger, or questions for him? Well, Roger I met almost two years ago today, because it was like November, I did the event called uh, The Future of Voice at DocuSign's headquarters. And Roger was there. It was before you were at Samsung Bixby. Um, yeah, I was doing and, kind of consulting then. Uh-huh. That's right. You're doing consulting. And I remember that there, you really stood out to me amongst the rest of the attendees. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I really want to be that guy's friend. I hope he <laughs> stays in the voice industry. He really knows how to articulate things. And I remember like feeling a very positive uh, things about you in our conversation. And then when we ran into each other, it was either at one of Bradley's events or one of Pete's events. By that time you're with Samsung Bixby. I think, so one thing I don't know if I've heard you talk much about is the positive impact that was made for you when you went from being a consultant to having the brand and the team and maybe even more specifically, Adam Chire as a person, as a leader, kind of behind you, right? You got to step up onto this platform, the Samsung platform, right? The uh, Adam's new thing platform, right? With all these resources. And it's not just the brand, like Bixby has been loved by uh, its users. The people that really use Bixby well, whether they're developers or end users, they love it. So this is where I'd like to land on the question after a little context of our relationship. Can you talk a bit about the positive impact that was that came to you from working with Adam and then also working at a huge company like Samsung? Would you mind just talking to those two things? Like, what's it like? How, how is it, was it positive working with Adam and how has it been positive working for that large corporation? Uh, so how's it positive working for Adam is the easiest question in the world to answer because really Adam's the reason I joined Samsung, right? I met Adam at a hackathon. Samsung was doing a hackathon and I met this guy and I'd heard of him and I was all intimidated, right? And, you know, this, you know, this guru and, and I met him. He's like, hey, how's it going? My name's Adam. Super down to earth. And what I realized and, and then working with Adam is he's he's. He's the smartest guy in the room pretty much always. And, you know, I always say we're all driving 55, 65, and he's driving 100. But he's super humble about it. And he's he just sees and puts together things. And then he has this quiet leadership style where he gets people to see his vision and execute on his vision. So he paints this amazing picture. But not beyond painting that picture, because I think a lot of people can paint these amazing pictures. He's a really great leader, actually. Um, around, hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you encourage this? Oh, this is challenging. Let's go here. Let's make incremental steps along that path to my vision. And that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people know about Adam is I think you see his visionary thought leadership, but you don't see his visionary people leadership. And to my mind, that is the biggest thing, amazing thing about working with Adam is working with this incredible genius who's very down to earth and easy to talk to and excites you. Um, and as far as working for the big company, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's you get to influence big things, 
right? I mean, one of the things that I was like, you know, Samsung sells 500 million devices a year. Wow. We're going to put a voice assistant in all those, and I'm going to get to be part of that ecosystem and try to influence what happens. That's going to change the experiences of, you know, hundreds of millions, even maybe more people who uh, use these devices. What a grand opportunity to insert yourself and, and be early in it, too. Um, you know, it's often been said you want to be early in a company, you know, startup best to be early because you can influence so many things. Well, Viv Labs at Samsung Quiet is still relatively small. So, uh, and to this day is, and so I get a lot of chance to influence things that impact so many things that are being done. And that's just super exciting for me. That's fantastic. Amazing. Um, along those lines then, of uh, being able to influence things and working with the company, um, what, if you kind of think about voice industry as a whole, what do you feel are some of the biggest issues right now facing the voice industry? And perhaps, you know, maybe some of you, Maybe you have some ideas of some solutions, perhaps. I don't know. But what would you think are the biggest biggest issues facing the voice industry? Um, yeah. So, um, and I'll do my, I can, it's easier to talk about the problems than the, the, the solutions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so first first problem I always think, uh, so one, I think the financial model. I mean, I think for, if I'm an independent developer, I can make money through, you know, in-skill, in-action, soon in-capsule purchasing, but it's kind of my only way to do it. And I think we need to unlock that and think of more creative ways for independent developers to make, make money. And I'll make a prediction here. I think it's gonna have something to do with advertising. Because I think advertising, much as I, you know, shirk to think about it, it was the biggest unlock to the mobile industry around actually making a lot of things financially viable. And I think we need to figure that out in voice. If I'm a company financially, you know, when I think about a lot of voices being used in marketing and kind of the holy grail of marketing is being able to attribute, hey, here were the 12 customer touch points before they actually made a purchase. How do I actually know that they use my voice experience along the way? And how do I kind of tag that or know that that's, you know, I can attribute part of this purchase to that voice experience interaction. Um, there's a grand opportunity. I have no idea how to do it, but someone figures that out, that is gonna be worth a lot of money to this industry. Uh, so financially, figuring that out. Um, I'll also say, and I think this is just something that we got to work is uh, diversity. So I think we in the tech industry, uh, the tech industry is just infamous for a lack of diversity, unfortunately, right? Bunch of white males building things, right? And I'm encouraged by the voice industry. We're still relatively young, you know, groups like women in voice. Right. So, you know, we absolutely should have gender equality and in, in everyone building or designing or any part of the voice ecosystem. So let's, you know, make sure that happens and empower women to be as powerful or more powerful than men in the voice world. Um, I think that's OK right now. I do worry about racial diversity. I don't think there's nearly enough black or Latino Latinas who are actually building voice experiences. I think we got to be super diligent about it. I don't want to fall into the, the problems that the rest of the tech industry has had. We're young enough in the industry to kind of tackle this. I don't know the solution there, but I do know that talking about it and encouraging diversity is at least the beginning of a solution. Um, and then, sorry, lots to say in this. That's great. No, <laughs> I, I love hearing you speak. But about uh, this. This uh, last thing is, I'm just going to call this and I'm going to point the fingers at all of us. I'm going to call it a lack of kind of creativity 
in, in what we built. So we all, we can do timers, we can do music, right? We play simple games. We do some maybe home automation and that's about it. Even those of us who are most deeply steeped in the industry, you kind of ask, well, what do you use voice for? Hmm, probably one of those three or four and then there's not a lot else. And so I think we're kind of stuck there. And I think we need to think and be more creative or think about where you see a lot of friction. You know, I, I can't, every time I see, and we're in the middle of doing a house remodeling, so I'm looking at appliances, right? And there's like 87 buttons there, man. I'm like, they're even more complicated. I'm like, that screams for a voice interface, right? right? Hmm. Instead of, it is not human to press 20 buttons to get something done. It's human to ask something to be done. You know, I would love, I've said it before, I would love, apps and mobile. I want a voice enabled Excel. <laughs> it's what I want because I can't figure out half the things you can do with Excel, but I can explain them. I just think, you know, those are kind of very practical things, but I also think on the kind of on the entertainment side, on gaming, etc. We need to be more creative because we're stuck. I, I believe we're stuck in a little bit of a rut. I see a lot of me too things there. So we need to bust through that. I'm confident it's going to happen, but it's going to have to happen if voice is going to kind of grow and expand. Yeah, you need that one big breakthrough app skill, capsule, whatever you want, I think, to to really kind of showcase to the world what is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people talk about that, you know, the angry birds of voice. Maybe it's that, or maybe it's just a whole new way of interacting where we didn't real there's a lot of friction doing it the way we currently do it. And voice takes away a bunch of that friction. And then you build a bunch of cool of creative experiences on top of that idea. So whether it's one app or one kind of conceptual idea where voice is the very best user experience is the question I have. But I, I'm looking forward to that happening. It's going to happen, but we got to work hard to make it happen. Sure, sure. Yeah. Ian, let's get you in here. So I really like the way this conversation is going. I'm going to give a little context to my question, but where I'm going to land on the question, Roger, just to give you a little uh, time to think about it is when you talk about diversity, I want to talk about uh, the human element of how do we increase diversity, at least amongst evangelists, since that's a major role that you play. But let me let me give a little context to the questions. So I asked you about Adam Shire earlier and Samsung, and it was interesting you recognize that Adam's the smartest guy in the room, which he probably wouldn't agree with you because I find Adam to be uh, very humble in response. So it, Adam's not the type of guy to be like, that's right, I'm the smartest guy in the room. He's like, oh, come on. But you talked about what a great innovator he is, right? Like all the things that he brought to the table. But what you really said that really stood out to me was the humanity of Adam. And that Adam was maybe best at being an innovator amongst people. And that what you gained the most was not working on Adam's newest invention, Samsung Bixby, uh, but really working on uh, being a part of how he manages people. Okay, so that's a little context for what I recognized in your answer. My answer now, based on your uh, statement of diversity and the need for diversity, you recognize that there's a lot. We've made some big strides in like women in voice. Not enough, but we've made some big strides. But maybe there's even more room for improvement with more ethnicities, right? Like how many people are African-American or are Indian or are Latino that or that are really have a strong voice that are like the leaders of the industry. So 
All that coming back to you being a senior developer evangelist. I have found that in the voice tech industry, the evangelist roles, those that are the promoters of the products and services, it's not just one evangelist. There's a Alexa auto evangelist and there's an there's the evangelist for all these different things. And there's a developer side. How might you, if Samsung or even Amazon or Google or Apple Series team came to you and said, hey, listen, we want to like diversify and we want to have more evangelists to cover more ground. And they say, and they ask you like, what would you think about having like an urban evangelist? What would you think about having an evangelist for different languages or different tribes? Can you talk a bit about if one of the companies, Samsung, obviously the most obvious for you, comes to you and says, hey, we're concerned about diversity. You're concerned about diversity. We think there's options and opportunities to diversify the evangelist role inside of our organization. Mm-hmm. Roger, can you give us some advice on the type of evangelist roles that we could easily uh, make space to where the right person for that role would be a diverse person anyways. I think you know where I'm going. I just want you to speak to that a bit about <clears throat> how there can be an immediate solution to this issue that we all recognize just in your line of work, just right there. So anyway, I thought that'd be an interesting thing for people to listen to you talk about. That's a great question. Um, what immediately strikes me, uh, and you were uh, mentioning it when you're talking about it, is you talked about an urban evangelist or an evangelist. We all talk about evangelists. They're typically broken up by technology, right? right? We focus on this technology or that technology. But, you know, if, if my job really is a bunch of marketing, which it really is, right? And marketing to developers and designers there, um, then maybe there is an urban uh, evangelist. Maybe there's a Latin American evangelist. I don't know how to break all these things up and that, but stop thinking about breaking things up by technology and think about breaking up by the people you want to go out and reach. Mm-hmm. And who's the best voice to go out and reach those people? I think that would be the, the first thing I would think of. The other thing is um, being a great evangelist or doing well at this role, I think, is really about being happy to be talk and communicate people and really enjoying being on things like this, which I love this. Um and sometimes in this industry, people are like, well, you got to have that deep technical background and blah, 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 BS, right? Okay, All right. I have a degree in psychology, by the way. So I do not have a, a CS degree, right? Um, and, um, but think about people who are great communicators. I think they can learn the tech, but learning to be a great communicator and wanting to go out in front of a, being excited to get up on stage in front of a bunch of people is <laughs> something that, yes, you can learn to do, but sometimes it's kind of innate in you. So go find those people, right? And then teach them the tech. So start with the people. I guess what I'm saying, start with the people first. Yeah. Start with the groups you want to find. Go find them, hire for that. And then find people uh, that are great people, pe- people, people, people. <laughs> and uh, they can learn the technology afterwards. I, I, I honestly think that's the easy part. And and so, uh, I was gonna say, and check this out, Jenny, who's watching, says, "Love the idea of focusing on needs of people rather than tech." So that's right along with what you're saying there, Roger. I think I think that's that's fantastic. Um, go ahead, Ian. 
I just want to be yeah, respectful just of to, Roger's time here, just to finish up yep. here. Sir. So it's just, it's just a follow-up to this question to see if we can get a little bit more direction for people that are watching us live or more likely watching the archive in five minutes or five hours or five days from now. So let me land here. If somebody uh, says to themselves, like, I'll raise my hand, like, I'd, I'd be totally down to be an urban evangelist for any of these voice devices, or I'd be completely open to be an evangelist to, you know, this people group or this industry, etc. I think it's unrealistic to imagine that somebody that raises their hand is going to get a job at Samsung or Amazon or Apple just because they're willing. I think there has to be entry points. And so like a couple entry points I can think of right off the bat, just for those that are watching, like I'm looking at you, I'm thinking about you right now. If you want to be a diverse evangelist in the voice tech industry, then show the world what you can do for women in voice. Hmm. Show the world what you can do for the voice influencer show. Show the world what you can do for the voice den. Show the world what you can do for Alexa in Canada, for Voice in Canada, for Voice of Health, right? You understand that Terry has put so much energy into creating all this content. So if you think you have an ability to evangelize voice content, use some of Terry's content. Um, so, Roger, this is the question for you. What are some entry points in your mind that people can kind of show their chops around being a diverse evangelist for things inside of the Samsung Bixby ecosystem? Like, where is a blog or a Twitter uh, handle? Where's the place or places that people could go and they could say, I'm going to show Samsung how I can move the needle. I'm going to show Amazon or Google how I can get the world's attention, my, this specific type of people. And I just thought it might be nice for you to share, like, guys, honestly, if you want to show the world what you're capable of and as an evangelist, like, go make a bunch of noise about these things for Samsung Bixby. And I think this is also a good final question for me in that it lets you talk a bit about uh, things that people should be checking out around, uh, you know, what Samsung's doing. So anyway, that's my, that's my final question. Sure. Um, so I love you saying, go make, go make a bunch of noise. <laughs> Cause that's actually my biggest advice. So that's so simple, but uh, go make a bunch of noise. So get on Twitter, right? So I, I'd say the voice industry's kind of de facto social media thing is largely Twitter. Some some in LinkedIn, but I think Twitter is probably the most where you see a lot. Go get there and and, and explain what you're doing um, and 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 share it and you know tag the right people and do it. Um, you know, po post COVID, <laughs> right? Go out in the community. I mean, I think it's a look, I used to be terrified to actually go on stage or talk to a group of more than like five people, believe it or not. Now I really love it. And that's because I force myself to do it. So go force yourself, go do it, get on stage, go talk to a lot of people. I don't care if your knees are shaking. I remember when my knees used to shake um, and go do it. And I, I think it's an interesting because it tells you if you start, because even though my knees used to shake, I used to be energized afterwards. I'm like, I like doing this, but I'm not comfortable doing it. So a little bit, that's make yourself uncomfortable. Um, so I'd say, uh, go do things on social media, uh, go, um, go build, you know, you know, we're in, we, we build experiences, apps, skills, capsules, you know, there's lots of names, names for them. Go build something really cool and interesting and innovative. I just said at the beginning, one of the problems in the voice industry is I think we're too narrow in what we're building. Go build something wacky and crazy and things that, 
you know, and in some sense, build the wackiest, craziest things. Look, I live in the heart of Silicon Valley. And one of the reasons Silicon Valley does is a special place for entrepreneurs is nobody thinks any idea is is wacky. There might be some crazy ideas, but some out of some of the crazy ideas came some of the most successful companies in the world. So I'd say I'd love to see people build. I, I When I notice something and I see something new coming in and I'm like, wow, I had never even thought that you could build a voice app for that or conversational AI around that. That's what I really love. So get your crazy on. <laughs> Go build something wild. Go talk about what you built and you're going to get noticed. That's great. Great advice. Great advice, Roger. Um, boy, we're running out of time and there's so much more I wanted to talk with you about. Um, I just, uh, one thing I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about, and, and I thank you for having me on your podcast, but you've got an, an amazing podcast. And I wonder if you could just tell tell the, the viewers, the listeners a little bit about your podcast. I think it's a great, great resource. Yeah, so started it at the beginning of this year, uh, Bixby Developers Chat. And I have uh, usually about 45 minute to an hour long conversations. Um, and really it's, I always say it's a couple people sitting down, having a conversation about voice, uh, hopefully my guest is doing a lot more talking than I am as the host, although I'm loquacious, so <laughs> I have to watch that. But, uh, you know, sitting down, talking about voice, what you're seeing, what you like, how did you get started, um, where you see the future going. Um, what I really love talking about is, is all the, how did you get into it? Right. Because people have these crazy, you know, I had this over the weekend, I built something, I threw it up on the Alexa store and forgot about it. And all of a sudden, a bunch of people are using it. That's one of my favorite stories that happens. Right. Or, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I just started playing with things and I thought, hmm, I got my Alexa or my Google or my Bixby and it was too hard to do something. So I built my own thing for my own use and all of a sudden people liked it. So I really like talking about how you got involved in industry because I think that's where you get that really kind of diverse set of viewpoints and ideas and thoughts and thinking. And I, you know, okay, I'm an evangelist. So I want more people in this industry. So I do hope that people listen to that and they're like, hey, that sounds like me or I could do that. Let right. me go build something. You know, people ask, well, what should I build? I'm like, I don't know, man. Go build it. <laughs> just figure it out. Just to be creative. Just go figure it out and build it. And I, as I always say, look, at a minimum, you're going to have one very passionate fan yeah, about okay. anything you built. And, uh, um, you know, I built a lot of stuff that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> and if you think a lot smaller fraction of things that I'm, I'm proud of, but that's okay because you just got to go build it and, and, and do it. And so that's, that's, I'm getting a little off topic, but my podcast is all about talking to people in voice who've uh, made some noise in voice. And I'd love to hear about how they made their noise and what new noise they're going to make. That's great. We've kind of come full circle here with that. That's, that's fantastic. All right, Roger. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Really excited to have you on the Voice Den, the party episode coming up. As as you know, as listeners will know, it's an opportunity for people to ask questions. So I'll finish off with this uh, last question, and that's what would you like people to ask you about? What's your sweet spot that you really would love to talk about? Uh, you know, I, I like talking about my journey uh, with technology. 
um, because I did not do not have an educational background in technology. I planned on being a lawyer of all things. Mm. How did I get involved in technology, and where did where did where did my career kind of evolve? And I found what I was good at or bad at, and things, and 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 kind of bounced around and and found a path that's really successful and 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 a happy place for me. So um, I I that's that's something I get passionate about talking about because um, I you know I feel there's a lot of people who I hear these things. I'm you must have a computer science degree. Bullshit. Right. Right. No, you don't. As a matter of fact, some of the most interesting technology things I've seen built have been people who had a background in art or history or English or that. And that's nothing against those who have computer science degrees because they built amazing things too. But I think you can bounce around and don't be afraid to reinvent yourself along the way. I've I've done that a couple of times and I figure I'll have to do that a couple more times. Uh before I hang up the spurs, so to speak. So great, great uh, advice. No, that's awesome. Roger, where can people go to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, what Samsung is doing, all the good resources? What would you suggest? Yeah, so myself personally, Twitter at Roger Kibbe, R-O-G-E-R-R-O-G-E-R-K-I-B-B-E. Uh, you can connect. And then I think Twitter's great, Bixby Developers at Bixby Developers. Uh, go check out my podcast, Bixby Developers Chat. Just find it in any of the players there. Um, and I'd say those are the two best places and kind of, inter- and don't be afraid to reach out. I love getting questions, right? DM me on, on Twitter or ask me something and I'll reach out. And and uh, um, if you want it, we have some private Slack channels um, that we invite people um, who are interested. So if you're interested in being, doing that, uh, happy to add you and kind of build the, build the community. So um, don't be shy, reach out say hello. Well, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Roger and with Ian. As you can hear, uh, we spoke about a number of different issues. Uh, Some of the challenges in the voice industry, really fascinating discussion about the financial models, diversity, um, being a real human in the industry and, you know, really fostering a sense of uh, inclusion and like I said, diversity. So a wonderful take on on the voice industry, but just so much more than the technical aspects of the technology. So uh, thanks so much to Roger for joining me. Thanks to Ian again for co-hosting. And uh, thanks to you for listening. Again, I want to give you a reminder that coming up on April 21st is April 21st is The Voice Den. You can go and reserve your free seat at thevoiceden.com. Again, it's going to be a special hour episode. Uh, and then following that is a special hour after party, a brand new experience. I'm really excited to share that with you. I hope that you have a fantastic week and I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Talk to you.